It's been a long week. I've I've been working on just relaxing a little bit because mm-hmm. I came off of a very busy weekend working on a production. So okay. um, it's been smooth though, and I'm also uh, working on relocating to Atlanta. So it's been a mm-hmm. lot of planning and talking to realtors, and you know how it goes. So oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because because you move from state to state, so that's a that's a lot. It's one thing to move from one side of town to another side or from time to time from state to state that's a totally different animal so what yeah. kind of production was you uh was working on view miami accent so i work as an intimacy coordinator for film and television which is basically serving as an advocate and a liaison for actors between the director and the production team so whenever a film or a tv show or any type of like film project has scenes of intimacy or nudity, I'm the one that goes in and makes sure that I handle the actors' boundaries and their modesty garments and barriers, and Mm -hmm. I'm helping the director with uh, bringing the vision for these scenes to life with choreography and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, emotion. And so I was working on a student film, um, a student director from Northwestern University had a Mm -hmm. script that was very heavy in nudity and uh, simulated sex. And so I was working on those scenes over the weekend and we had long days, like 9 a.m. call time, 9.30 p.m. rap time. Mm-hmm. So I was exhausted. I was exhausted. Oh, I can believe it because it's funny because that's funny that you said that. That everything you talking about because shouts out to T-Million, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Tubi, because I've been on Tubi hard. Uh-huh. And one thing, and I've been watching a lot of the black, you know, uh, independent filmmakers, mm. and they really make it a point to make the lovemaking scene genuine, genuine, first of all, authentic and real looking, even though they're not actually doing the do, right. you, you, you kind of can't tell but so much, you know, period. So it's kind of like, like, how do you coach them to in this in the lovemaking scene? So it's basically, you know, you have to start with what's the motivation? You know, Mm -hmm. what is this scene for? Because in mainstream films, sex is added in as a way to tell a story or move the plot along. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about, you know, what's happening in this scene? Who's initiating the action? What kind of action is it? what type of energy or emotion is fueling the scene? How does the mm-hmm. scene end? How it's being framed up, how it's being shot. And then you have to also base it on the actor's boundaries. So let's say the actors are like, well, I'm okay with rear nudity, but I'm not mm-hmm. okay with frontal. Or mm-hmm. like, for instance, maybe an actor isn't okay with being seen uh, simulating fellatio or simulating mm-hmm. cunnilingus or like or oral on a partner, mm-hmm. um, then it would determine how the choreography is set up. So, excuse my dog, he's in the background. Oh, don't um, worry, my cat will be walking back by in a couple of minutes, knowing, <laughs> knowing Zazzy, because she always loves to get seen on t on on the screen. But go ahead. Oh, so so basically, once we talk about the movements and how the how the director wants to see it, then we let the actors act. So it's a collaborative effort between myself, the director, and the actors 
doing what they do. And so I will come in and say, mm, maybe shift this this way or that way. Okay. I'm just giving them advice on how to make it look more realistic. And so intimacy coordinating is a new kind of a, um, a job for film and television. Yeah, actually, cause, cause, because it's because like from talking to T. Million, he said he wanted, because what we discussed was that he wanted to use porn actresses more because he did uh, a whole movie that had strippers in it. And he said they, they killed it. I forgot the movie he was telling me about. And even with the movie that I watched doing research, Swap Out, man, that sex scene was off the chain. Dude had, it, was, it, it looked like he was literally had the dick in the pussy almost. And even with the oral scene, the way he had the camera was, you saw her eyes. You didn't see no dick in the mouth, of course, but you saw her eyes, so it would make you wonder, like, is he really, is she really sucking the dick or what have you? But it helped the movie and the intensity of the movie because, you know, for people that, that they have listened to the show when I talked about Swap Out, the whole point was uh, it was couple swapping, and oh. the, the dude didn't even know that he was being swapped. You know, period. And they talked about that. I even asked myself, well, why did you have them have the conversation? Was there something on purpose that you left out? He said, yeah, because sometimes you get pulled in because of the situation, but you don't know how your mate will react once it's over. But it was just the sex scenes was, you know, look real legitimate, you know, period. So it's kind of like, to me, that is cool that they developed a position for that because you kind of would need someone to kind of coach them yeah. to help them feel comfortable because even with porn you have a lot of times girls are scared to talk about their boundaries and even the men mm -hmm. you know period on set ah. even before they do a scene especially the men because a man may not want his ass touched and then something happened and then his dick go limp and then he feels some type of way in the scene that's messed up so do you think that's a position that even the porn industry should have yeah, I mean, I think that the porn industry should have intimacy coordinators on set because primarily it's all about creating consent and safety. And um, even though real sex is happening on porn sets, real abuse is happening on porn sets as well, where, um, you know, once an act, and it's usually with actresses. So once an actress professes that she's uncomfortable or she wants to stop, a lot of times, like, that's not being honored. And so I think that the porn industry should definitely be utilizing intimacy coordinators more. And I wonder on how many of the sets that, um, of the films that end up on Tubi, I wonder how many of those sets actually use intimacy coordinators and how mm. many of them are actually still just winging it, uh, you know, making the responsibility of creating those scenes, like, like leaving that to the director. Mm -hmm. um, that... I'm going to look into that because I'm looking for more work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this now. Hit up my man T Million because he could probably use you. Well, if you can send me his info after this in an email, that'll be wonderful. I got you. I got you. Hello, smokers, and welcome to the Smokers Lounge. As you see, we started off hot and heavy like we always do. I'm your host, Kevin Marvel, Summer Champ, a.k.a. The Porn Rap Star. Find all my links with one link, allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star. Let me tell you about four wonderful sponsors that has been helping us out a whole lot. The first would be the Facebook, the LS community, lsworld.com. Next up, the hottest adult magazine in the game, AriseSizzleMagazine.com. Also, for you content creators, 90% profit, no hashtag issues. And for your consumers, a new place to consume your Triple X content, 
and black-owned excitebunny.com. Last but not least, we're talking about award-winning, award-nominated, smut with voiceover, and they even have a VR section that you can watch porn with your Oculus. I'm talking about blusherotica.com. Also, we're a proud member of the GW District Black Podcasting Network. So go over to shopgwdistrict.com and buy black and support black businesses as you get to buy parts from over 500 black-owned retailers and shops. Also, in the mornings, go over to Fully Swap Radio and listen to me chop it up with ladies like herself and many of the industry top talent as we talk about the business of porn, sexuality, BDSM, and everything up under the sun at FullySwapRadio.com. Also, check me out on SkyhawkAfterDarkTV.com as well as the BGP LLC app. Now, I'm going to sit back and let this lady that teaches lady how to ride dick also help people that hasn't had sex in a minute get back into the swing of things and as you can see she also teaches the actors how they pose to fuck on set introduce her gorgeous self hello my name is tayomi morgan online i'm known as glamazon tayomi i'm a certified sexologist authentic tantra practitioner the founder of the cowgirl workout the only sensual movement fitness program designed to help women improve in riding and intimate movement and build body confidence. And I am a sex coach, 12 years in the game, coaching couples and singles on how to embrace their sexuality and experience more pleasure in their lives. Also the founder of the Pleasure Academy Dot com and soon coming Sexpert Business Academy, teaching other coaches in the game how to have successful and thriving businesses as sex coaches. I'm also the resident sex expert for the Exotica Expo, the largest expo dedicated to love and sex in the U.S., and I'm also their seminar coordinator. So we are the only large-scale event that does four shows a year that provides free comprehensive sex education to the masses which I'm very proud to be a part of and, by, and be a curator of, and also the founder of Glamorotical101.com, which is my blog site where I provide free information about sexual health for the masses and a YouTube channel under the same name, currently at 625,000 subscribers in county. So I have been in this game for a long time. I am going upon, coming upon my 12 years in, and it feels like I'm just getting started. So even though I'm seasoned <laughs> in the game, um, there's so much more to do, so much more to go. And as he mentioned too, I'm also an intimacy coordinator, which is um, a person who is a liaison between the actors and production in mainstream film and television, wherein there are simulated scenes of sex and also scenes of nudity. And I'm proud to do this job. It's a new job that I just stepped into. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here with all you smokers. Yes, yes, yes. And now we're going to begin with the ride the dick. <laughs> because I've talked to a lot of ladies and they do not like to ride dick, you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially on the BBW side of things. <laughs> um, a lot of times they say they feel it too big or what have you, or it's not comfortable. A lot of times it's really about not being comfortable in doing it, right. you know, period. And um, to me, especially in porn, if you got a big booty, they want to see you ride. Yes, you know, absolutely. And, and me as a man, I like my dick roll, you know, period. So 
Why do you think a lot of females don't feel comfortable in riding dick? Well, I think they don't feel comfortable riding dick because primarily they're not, they're not comfortable in their bodies and their bodies aren't um, trained in a way where it can support the ride. So it's a very physical activity. And what I find unfair is that in heteronormative relationships where it's a, you know, a man or a penis owning person yeah. and a woman or, you know, a vagina owning person together, it's usually the penis person. The penis owning person that's doing most of the work, doing most of the strokes. And so I always mm -hmm. tell my clients, like, the least you can do is get up there for three minutes. But three minutes seems like a stretch for a lot of a lot of women because they're not in shape. And when I say mm -hmm. in shape, I don't mean being a particular shape, like your body being a particular shape, but being fit enough to handle the endurance of the ride. Because you mm -hmm. have several things that are going on, right? You got to know how to breathe. One of the reasons why a lot of women tire quickly, like within the first 30 seconds, is because they don't have the proper breath control. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, they don't have the right stroke technique. So mm -hmm. a lot of them are scooting on the dig, which, you know, a scoot is like an honorable mention, but it shouldn't be the main, like the, the main stroke pattern mm -hmm. used when on top. And then they complain about their knees hurting, lower back hurting, and mm -hmm. their hips feeling tight. So when they get on top and they straddle in that traditional position, um, where the body is like really flat, then mm -hmm. your hip flexors and the muscles in the hips are burning because mm -hmm. they haven't done the work to strengthen those areas and then they don't know how to actually move. So there's a lot of mechanical things with the body that's happening. And then on top of that, you know, you're in your full glory. You are seen. Everything is seen. So mm -hmm. women who don't feel confident in what their bodies look like and women who also don't feel confident in how they're moving are going to get up in their heads and it's that mental aspect that's going to shut everything down. So mm -hmm. a lot of women would prefer to be, um, you know, on the bottom mm -hmm. and or in doggy style. Mm -hmm. And even with that, like when I teach women how to ride, I'm teaching them how to stroke in any position, whether it's from the bottom or it's, you know, uh, if they're in doggy style or if they're on top. Because once mm -hmm. you know how to stroke, on top, then you know how to struggle back in any position. So I understand why it's uncomfortable for a lot of women, especially BBWs. And I tell my, mm -hmm. my large clients, because I, I coach people from like petite women to large women, mm -hmm. um, full of figured women. I'm a full of figured woman. I've been a size 10, 12 most of my life. Mm -hmm. So I always tell my clients, like, don't use your size as a crutch. If you mm -hmm. really want to get up there and do it, you can do it. You just have mm -hmm. to put in the work. And so this is why I created a fitness program. Because I'm like, I don't know how you could teach somebody how to ride dick without strengthening, like strengthening their core, strengthening mm -hmm. their body, and um, helping them with breath control and, mm -hmm. and showing them the mechanics of how to do it. And also different positionings because, you know, the traditional straddle position might not be comfortable, but there are several different variations of positions and stroke patterns that anyone could use at any time. So I'm working on a book about this because there's no real curriculum written around. Yeah. Right? So I'm, you know, I'm working on just like cornering the market in dick riding because, you know, a lot of classes have popped up recently, but I've been touring with this class since 2016. I've mm -hmm. been international with my class mm -hmm. and I got proven, I got proven results. So you know, I just want to encourage more women to get up there because mm -hmm. it's how you control your pleasure. Like you get to mm -hmm. be in control over how much dick you you get to receive. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You get to change the pacing and control the depth of the stroke. Mm-hmm. And like, you get to snatch a soul. You, you look, you snatch a <laughs> You know, he ain't going nowhere because dick riders are rare. Like, good mm-hmm. dick riders are rare. So. Oh, so true. So true. Because, <laughs> because me, I, don't get you, I know the dog out the mission, but I like a girl that can ride a dick. And the reason why, because one, it gives me rest. And two, right. You know, just the way the pussy feels, the way she moves her body, you know, the, the way the ass moves up on the dick and everything, especially versus doing the scoop where she's twerking on the dick and stuff like that. So what's some of the exercise that you show ladies that helps them, you know, strengthen their core and learn how to ride a dick? So one of the main complaints, right, is like my knees hurt. So mm-hmm. I've designed workouts where we don't even have to get on our knees. We'll Mm -hmm. either use a fitness ball or we'll use a chair. Mm -hmm. And all these movements are like lower body movements. So I have um, a background in dance and also a a, a background in physical fitness. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we do is using our own body weight. We'll do crunches. We'll do um, fire hydrants. We'll do butterflies. We'll do Mm -hmm. uh, dead bugs. Like there's a bunch of different exercises that we do to strengthen the glutes and the hamstrings and quads. And then, of course, we'll do like variations of crunches. But when it comes to building the muscle memory for the moves, it's all hip isolations um, that are that are like winding, uh, mm-hmm. winding movements or uh, movements where the body is undulating or rolling. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of like the elements of um, like twerk dance. Mm-hmm. And like I said, winding, because like I grew up twerking. I grew up, yeah. like, I'm from Chicago. We are home with house music. And I grew up. Yeah, y'all, y'all came up with the percolator. Let's stop Yep, playing. we did. We came up with the period. Okay. So I don't want to have to fight nobody over that, but just go do your research. So um, I grew up on juke music and juke music was like, a new version of house music mm-hmm. and it's really fast and the footwork to it and all that but also you gotta throw some ass so I've, gr- I've grown up knowing how to throw ass and so when it came to developing the cowgirl workout I was like oh riding dick is very similar to these dance movements because you know they always say oh if she can dance well then she know how to fuck well, not yeah. always true because it's different when you have a dick inside it really mm-hmm. is um so it makes a big difference. It does because you could be on the dance floor doing all this stuff, but then you get in the bedroom and don't know how to do it on a dick. Like <laughs> so, so I train my clients and I tell them like with the moves that you're learning, we do them in repetition over and over again because it builds muscle memory. So that way, when it's time to get on the dick, you know how to move and, and most importantly, you know how to breathe. Because some women are getting on top before the vagina is completely open. It's just this is where that tightness comes in. So once the vagina is fully open and we can achieve that through relaxation um, and deep breathing that generates relaxation through activating the rest and digest response. So once the pelvis is completely relaxed, the vagina is open, that she can get on top. And then when you're on top, you're not like you don't have to have long strokes now this depends on the size of the dick because the longer the dick the more space you're going to need but for the most part the dick should stay inside most of it at least the head um at minimum and so i always tell my clients you only need one to three inches of space between your pelvis and your partner's pelvis 
So with creating that space, you need some core strength. You know, you got to be able to like leverage yourself a little bit. And then also in how the knees are positioned matters and the feet. So for those that have issues with kneeling, I'm like, you don't have to ride in a bed. You can either ride in a chair, which allows you to have your feet flat, or um, you can ride on the couch. Now you'll still be in um, straddling position on the knees, but there's even more, like there's cushion on the couch. Mm-hmm. But then also with the pelvis being situated at like a 90 degree angle, then the angle of penetration is a lot easier for the access um, and ride a lot easier. So, you know, I have uh, 60 minute workouts and 20 minute workouts and soon come 10 minute workouts because my clients are always like, well, what if I don't have time to do a 60 minute? I'm like, I'm not going to give you any excuses. We're going to do these 20 and 10 minute workouts and that's going to be enough for you um, because honestly, the average amount of time that penetrative sex lasts anywhere from seven to 10 minutes. Um, and that's average. Because <laughs> I know some people out there probably like, what is that? But that's average. So if you can do a 10-minute workout and you can do those moves consistently, then you're already winning. So it's a matter of just putting in the work. And I've had some amazing testimonials from women on how the workout has improved their lives. And um, their partners thank me. Like their <laughs> their partners are. I'm pretty sure they probably send you flowers out this motherfucker. Thank you, baby. God, the bedroom has gotten better. <laughs> you know what's funny? Some some people don't even tell their partners that they're taking my class, and so their their guys be looking at them suspicious. Like, hey, are you fucking somebody else? Right, exactly. <laughs> how you how you learn this? How you improve? But they don't want to tell them they're taking the class. Yeah, because women don't realize a dude like to get rolled. You know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. Not it. We might not say nothing because I always say the five thing y'all say fuck a dude. It takes a half of one for us to say fuck y'all, and we won't even tell you. You know, period. And a lot of time a dude want his dick rolled. He's just afraid to say it, or he may not say it. You know, period. You know, and like I said, in for speaking as a man, a girl getting on top and her being able to ride, one, you'd be surprised how fast you'll make us come. I tell and them, how hard you'll make us come off a ride. I always tell my clients, riding can be a finishing move. If you want sex to end and you want to finish, also if you want to get pregnant <laughs> and you're yeah. ovulating, get on top. Yeah. Because if you get him when he's at about a seven in the arousal scale, they go from seven to ten real quick. So you get on top and you do the right combo. What? And then you feel him about to come. You clench down with them thighs. And you keep going. And you ride through the orgasm. Baby. <laughs> you ain't lying. He be sitting there just fatality. <laughs> he be pushing off. Get off of me. God damn it. I need a moment. I love it. I, I There's always a moment where their eyes. It's funny. Mm. It's like a mixture of amazement, bewilderment, a little bit of fear, and Mm. also intense pleasure. All wrapped up at the same time. Because I keep eye contact. Personally, Mm -hmm. like, I keep eye contact when I'm riding the dick. Because I'm like, I want you to know that I did this to you. Mm -hmm. Period. Remember this face. And and, and (laughs) people don't realize... That with men is the experience, it's the smell, 
it's the look, it's the touch, you know, period. That what gets us off. The moaning. Because if 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 she's riding a dick and she's moaning, he's see and she's seeing that she's enjoying it, it gets him off even harder. Yeah. You know, period. Especially when we know she's about to come and she start riding that motherfucker harder. Yep. Oh shit. Get slapped the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah, because even, I even said this too. Even with dudes, we have to be at our hardest when she rides. Yes. Because yeah. if you're not at your hardest, you're gonna slip out every time. Exactly. You know, and my eight. clients, they you know, so that's one of the things. Like I always answer any questions they have, and I always tell them, "Gotta get on top when he's rock hard." Otherwise, it's just going to keep slipping out and you're going to be frustrated. And the only thing you're going to be doing is just rubbing your your uh, coochie on on uh, a flat <laughs> dick, which is fine. It could feel pleasurable, but it's not going to be a ride for real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to feel very <laughs> wet and very, uh, very gummy-like. Yeah. So, and for some, they might enjoy that. And so you can do that because it's like... Um, it's you know it's a grind it's a grind mm-hmm. up against against the pelvises so you know to each their own but if you want a successful ride the erection has to be there oh yeah because um it's just like with anal i said it a lot of positions a guy has to be his hardest to pull it off even with anal yeah you know and okay. and ride anal and ride it to two positions that you got to be the hardest you can be limp and do missionary dog you know but ride especially when to keep it in you have to be extra hard. Yeah. You know, and also, I think also one of the things that you teach ladies is how to position themselves on the man's body. Exactly. Also, because a lot of times ladies don't understand the, the positioning of how you is on his body is going to be telltale how much pleasure you get, how much of the dick you're getting in, mm-hmm. and whether it stays in. Exactly. Because, you know, I always tell my clients, like, do a survey first of the dick. Like once you penetrate yourself, do just like a quick little push back a few times just to see how it feels. Get yourself mm-hmm. in the right position so you can have that that uh, the stroke trajectory proper, yeah. right? And then like where the hands are positioned matters. And mm-hmm. it all depends on the size of your partner. Like slimmer, slimmer men, slimmer men can, um, you know, hands can be placed on the bed. Larger men, hands on the body somewhere, the belly, mm-hmm. the chest, even the shoulders. So, you know, all of these things come into play mm-hmm. when it comes to riding. And so and then it's like you have to make these decisions very quick. It's mm-hmm. like a few seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing this, I think for a lot of women, it's intimidating because mm-hmm. no one's ever taught them how to do it. And yeah. that whole fear of embarrassment of getting up there and not knowing how to move, not knowing where to put your hands and just feeling like a failure. Cause I've definitely been there. And this is why I teach this because I did not like the fact that a sex position bested me. Mm. Hell no. I refuse to let riding be the thing that takes me out or for riding to be something that I don't know how to do. Like, I, I want to be a sex goddess. This is what I told myself in my early 20s. <laughs> like, be a sex goddess. I'm a master of all this shit because if it's one thing, I don't want to ever be a hindrance in any of my romantic partnerships is sex. And mm-hmm. 
So I just, I started studying the mechanics of everything and broke it down and was like, okay, this is the science. This is how it's going to work. And so I stand on what, I stand on what I've created because I know it works. I've seen it work in my life and I've seen it work in the lives of my clients. So. Yeah. Because I'm sorry. Hey, hey. Ladies, y'all need to do her course because you'd be surprised <laughs> what Rodney could do to a marriage. I ain't even going to lie. Now, speaking about intimacy, because you know, cause, because, because your, your assistant, yeah, people, Subtle Flex, she has an assistant. Oh, no, that's uh, my publicist. That her publishers. Subtle Flex, she has her publishers. You know what I'm saying? That, that means you're doing good shit. You, you, you got a publishers. Um, one of the things that you specialize in is helping people get back into being intimate. Um, because you have some people that go long periods of time not being intimate. Oh, yeah. You know, especially within a marriage. And it preach to and speak to why it's not a good thing to go long term or long time within a marriage. Don't hurt yourself now, baby. Sorry, I'm not getting my light right, but it's, it's actually falsy. Yeah. Um, you know, go ahead. So... This situation is interesting because it's um it's not always black and white, mm -hmm. right? So I think one of the mistakes that a lot of couples make is around thinking that the sex is going to remain the same as it did when they were dating or when they were engaged in that honeymoon mm -hmm. phase. And even in the very beginning of their marriage, over time, things are going to shift and change. And sometimes couples enter into marriages with a sexless relationship. I know mm -hmm. quite a few people, and I have had clients who have done this, where every other box checks off, but the sex is not there. But they mm -hmm. love that person and they're willing to, they can't imagine life without that person. And so mm -hmm. they go into the marriage knowing that this is something that they could potentially fix. But the issue is that a lot of couples believe it's going to fix itself, and it's not. If you already are not having sex and you don't have the tools to know how to fix it. Why do you think it's going to magically fix itself? This is why you need mm -hmm. a coach. And so what ends up happening is if a couple is going long term without sex, they just become comfortable with the dynamic and they're suffering in silence. So you'll mm -hmm. have one partner that probably is OK with not having sex. But the other one is like, I'm going to start crazy, but I want to be faithful to my person. Mm -hmm. And so then in comes the idea of wanting to negotiate, but all of the emotional stuff comes in. Mm -hmm. So if the one partner who does want to have sex approaches the other who really doesn't care for it or doesn't care whether it happens or not, now all of a sudden it turns into an attack because mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't you just be satisfied with this? And so this is why a coach is needed because, mm -hmm. You know, both parties will be able to get to communicate what they need to without it coming off as I'm attacking you or I think you're less than or I think you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. That's not at all. You got to reach a middle ground. You know, mm -hmm. there has to be something that can be worked out. And sometimes it's a mental health issue. Sometimes it's a trauma issue. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a physiological issue. Sometimes it's a sociological issue. Sometimes financials pay, play into it or the family dynamic or even culture, you know, mm -hmm. culture can play into it. And then all these things could be happening at once. So this is why I always tell people like <laughs> to think that you're going to work it out by yourself without having a coach 
who can clearly see where the issues are is far-fetched. And if you truly are having issues in your relationship where you want to connect sexually and you're not, hire a coach to help you navigate that stuff. Because um, once you uncover one layer that's that's blocking the, the sexual connection, mm-hmm. then there's going to be something else underneath that and something else underneath that. So you have to have tools to be able to manage that stuff when it does happen. And then also expanding the idea of what sex looks like and also expanding the idea of what intimacy looks like. Because even if you're not having penetrative sex, there are still things that can be interacted with that will deepen intimacy and deepen the intimate bond or uh, things that can be romantic in nature that will still keep that fire alive while you're working on the penetrative sex part of your relationship. And, um, you know, sex doesn't have to be penis centric. It doesn't. And so expanding it outside of that, especially if you are a kinky person, well, you can still enjoy sex um, on a whole nother level. So I always encourage couples to really be honest about where they're at in their sexual journey with each other and get a coach. Because some people don't even want to admit that they're in a sexless relationship, right? Especially when you're married. Because it's assumed that, you know, you just, you out here getting it in because, you know, mm-hmm. you want a partner who you're committed to. And it's assumed, like, if you're mm-hmm. married, you're having sex. And that's statistically, no, not the case. No. statistically, that's not the case. Most marriages are sexless marriages. And I'm not married yet, uh, but I refuse. <laughs> Got me all the way fucked up. I will not. I will Mama, not. Mama, 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 is it usually on the woman's side or on the man's side? Because a lot of times, the way society, social media, period, TV, is always the woman that don't want to have it, and it's the man. But sometimes that's not always the case. It's not. Um, I actually am, am working with a couple now where the man is having the issue. Um. And it's because of past trauma and, um, you know, being trauma bonded in most of his sexual situations. And so, um, yeah, it's not always the woman's that that doesn't want it. I have had a lot of situations with clients where the woman has a high sex drive and her husband does not. Mm -hmm. Or like his body size is the issue because like maybe he has a really big belly and they Mm -hmm. can't she can't really see the dick. And so she loves this man, but they're not having sex because of his size and they don't know how to work around it. There's so Mm. many, uh, so many different like issues that can exist around why couples aren't having sex. But it's not always, oh, the woman doesn't want to do it. Sometimes the woman wants to do it a lot and her Mm. man is working a lot and he's not around. And when he comes home, he's tired. Mm-hmm. And doesn't want to engage. So, yeah, it's um, it is I would say a misconception that mm-hmm. it's more uh, mostly coming from the side of the woman uh, not wanting to have sex when it's a sexless relationship. Yeah, because it's funny. Like I talked to a a guy on Instagram. It's a couple that that I guess he he's grooming. He's trying to groom me so I can be a male unicorn per se. And he, he basically talks about, he says, since she, since the kids led the nest, she's becoming more one to have sex. She She's hypersexual and stuff, and he can't keep up and everything, you know, period. And sometimes what people don't realize is the man 
does feel some type of way because it taps into his ego. Exactly. Because he feels like, you know, I should be able to handle it. And sometimes a dude has to be okay with the fact that his wife wants it more than him. Women actually are more sexual, uh, possess stronger sexual energy than men. We honestly are insatiable uh, when our sexual energy is balanced and we're connected mm -hmm. with it. And think about mm -hmm. it. Our orgasms are not attached to uh, procreation. You know, we can orgasm without, like, our seed being attached to it. I mean, men can, too. It's just a matter of them doing the work to become multi-orgasmic. But um, our, our orgasms power us up. So we have orgasm. We're going to keep going and going and going and going and going. And I always say, like, women are like tea kettles, you know? You put us on the stove, you know, you start warming us up. And then once we get hot and the water starts to percolate, mm -hmm. then it takes a while for that tea kettle to cool down. Mm -hmm. Men or people with penises, the erections happen quickly. Mm -hmm. You shoot up and then you come back down. And mm -hmm. then you have to have your refractory period before you can go again. Mm -hmm. And depending on your health, depending on your age, that refractory yeah. period could be a few minutes or it could be some days. So, um, you know, people think, yeah. I don't know where this whole myth came. And I think it was from uh, misogyny and, of course, patriarchal reign. <laughs> but no, this idea because, that, because that women want, are secondary. They, they want it to be that men are the sexual creatures. No. That's the, way, that, that's the way we're supposed to be taught, you know, period. Because we have multiple women. Because we have this, we have that. But that's not the case. Women are way more sexual. Why? Because they are able to have multi-orgasmic, like shotguns, like this. Like, she can have an orgasm back yep. to back to back to back to back, you know? Very few men, like, for example, like with me, not bragging on myself, you know, I can come and stay hard and keep continue stroking. Not every man has that ability, you know, period. Not every man able to come back to back to back. Or he might be one shot now. You know, it's right. just funny how it's the male talents. They, it takes them a, they'll shoot two scenes a day. They'll shoot one in the morning. It takes them a whole day, a whole couple of hours to get back to ready to roll or what have you. So I think it's more of, like, like, like they said, history, his story. Man, we put that out there to make ourselves feel good. <laughs> right. You know, because, right. because it's about penal envy. No, not penal envy, penal ego, as I like to call it. You know, you go, yeah, I, yeah, I like that term because it's true. And, um, you know, a lot of women end up suppressing their sexual desires and their sexual energy because their male partners can't keep up or mm -hmm. their partners don't want it as much as they do. And I think, that, I think that's sad because, um, <laughs> again, personally, I'm not about to be in a relationship where I'm not getting it in. Mm -hmm. Like... Why, what, what are we doing here? And I know that sex isn't the only important thing in a relationship. Mm. It's important to me, though. Sex mm. is very important to me. It's medicine. Oh, oh, hell yeah. It's the way That's... that I connect deeply with my partner. Like, mm. I, like sex is like a meditation for me. So mm -hmm. if, if I could start my morning off with sex and then meditation um, and then... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know, break my fast. That's a complete morning for me. And stretching, <laughs> like stretching and, and, and exercise, come on. Full on morning, that's great. So yes. um, I think too, some people feel apprehensive around actually admitting how important sex is to them. Because mm. if they did admit that out loud to themselves and their partners, then they would mm. prioritize it. Mm-hmm. They would prioritize working on it. But mm-hmm. people think that sex is supposed to be this spontaneous thing. Some mm. people have spontaneous desire where it just comes out of nowhere and they're just ready to do, to do the thing. And then some mm-hmm. people have responsive desire where it has to be triggered by something or activated mm-hmm. by something. Mm-hmm. So it could be activated by a scent, it could be activated by a visual, or it could mm-hmm. be activated as soon as they start being interacted with in a flirty way or a sexual way, right? Mm-hmm. And so knowing that there's different desire styles and then mm-hmm. also different ways that people express themselves erotically, it's like, you can't just assume anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're not telling your person or the people that you're in relationship with that sex is important to you, they ain't gonna be mind readers. They're just gonna be like, oh, well, we're just gonna let it be what it is. And if it happens, it happens. I'm not a, if it happens, it happens person. Mm-hmm. I'm scanning my sex. Like I'm scheduling it, especially with yeah. being a business owner. You yes. know, I have to, and I don't have, um, I'm poly. And so mm-hmm. I don't have like partners like that or lovers mm-hmm. like that in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I have to plan it. I got to put it on my schedule. I got to figure out, okay, when I go to this city, who's in this city? Okay, let me see if I can connect with this person, if they have time. And we got to put it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And and lovers who are feel some kind of way about that, I'm like, well, then you just won't access me because you can't just roll up on me spontaneously. It's not going to happen like that. Which, 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 which goes back to, like I said before, see, what you did is what I've been saying. Sometimes we don't take into account what it takes to be with us. We always sit there and say, well, I want this person to be this. Okay, then what about you? You know, period. Because right. like you, I'm a business owner. So that means my time, I'm sitting here doing interviews. I'm sitting here working a nine to five. Right. You know? So it's kind of like sometimes you got to schedule and put time in to get that dick appointment. You yeah. know, and a lot of people feel shamed about that. That's the other thing. It's crazy to me because I'm like, why do you just think that things are just going to spontaneously happen for you uh, when it comes to sex? It's not. Sex is not just going to fall into your lap. It's the same thing like, you know, the phrase uh, from the Bible, you know, faith without works is dead. You can Mm -hmm. sit up here all day and have faith that you're going to have some orgasms today that's delivered by your person. Mm -hmm. But if you don't put in the work, meaning putting in the work to make sure that you are in a situation where that can happen, then it's not Mm going to happen. And I don't know where this idea came from that it's not sexy to schedule your sex, but it actually is, at least for me, I I think it's extremely sexy to know that I can look on my calendar and I'm like, on this day, I'm getting my back broken. I'm getting my cheeks clapped by insert name. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I love when my wife called me talking about yo, I need some attention when you get home. That makes the work, that way the work day just go by fast. Like, I'm about to get some when I get home. Exactly. And it can be as simple as that. Like, even if you don't plan it out, like, you know, months in advance, 
If your yeah. person hits you up and it's yeah. like, yo, I need that dick to be ready for me when I get home. Mm-hmm. Or make sure that pussy is piping ready for me when I come through the door. You know? And then and then exercising foreplay throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That just makes it so exciting. I don't like it's it could be simple, but again, with all the other things that are going mm-hmm. on mentally, mm-hmm. and then all the other responsibilities um that that can occur mm-hmm. as far as um you know, having kids and having to maintain the household and having deadlines at work and all of that. Like, I get it. And those are situations where maybe it's not a full-on hour, but maybe you just got five minutes and you can do a little bit of something, mm-hmm. right? And you can put a pin in it and come back to it later. It's like left Yeah, home. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, it, because to me, I, to me, I tell anybody this because it's funny because you because when when I'm hearing relationship advice, it's always for motherfuckers that only been together three years, you know what I'm saying, or two years or six months. I'm like, you can't tell me shit because y'all ain't been through nothing. Because I always believe the key to a relationship is how you adjust to your mate's changes and vice versa. You yeah. Know, period. So part of that is the sex because yeah, I I tell anybody, sex changes when you get kids. Uh, because you be sitting about ready to get it on, and then little Junior walks in on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, period. Or the baby crying with right with the bill, he getting head, and you like, I gotta go. You know, period. So it's it makes sense to schedule. Yep. You know, period. At the end of the day, but but it's just the problem is that people have in their mind this is what sex supposed to be. They're not willing to adjust to it or right. change up. You know, because let's just be real. People are scared of change. <laughs> but change is is life. You know, you can look in nature and see it. Mm-hmm. And and we mimic nature. Mm-hmm. So change is a part of life. And it's like you said, it's all about the adjustment. If you are not willing to adjust, then you will have a failed sex life. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of a sexual experience. There has to be adjustments. You ever tried to get into a position that you thought was gonna work and it just didn't work? Like, you know, or like the loss of an erection. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is from both <clears throat> ends because both female bodies and male bodies get erections. I've definitely tapped mm-hmm. the partner on the shoulder and been like, my erection's gone. Mm-hmm. I can feel when my clitoris shrinks back down and she goes mm-hmm. to sleep. I just be like, let's just stop here, mm-hmm. right? And do something else, or just hold me. Let's just kiss, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to be willing to take the ego out of the bedroom and just mm-hmm. focus on what's happening and focus on pleasure, love, and connection. Mm-hmm. And be willing to make the shifts and the changes throughout the experience. And you know, as we grow and as we evolve and learn more, and we read and we have life experiences or whatever, our attractions and the things that make us feel good are going to shift. What I like right now at 35 is not the same as 25 whatsoever. Like I'm way kinkier than because I I stepped into my kinkiness. I'm way kinkier now than what I was at 25. At 25, I would see things but was afraid of it. And so it took for me to go into coaching to really step into kink. And so, you know, to expect sex 
and sexual desire and all of that to stay the same throughout life is a fantasy in itself. And, you know, I think that some people feel like they're an island, that they are only experiencing this and no one else is. This is why, like, you got to come out of your own space and come into the spaces where people are talking about sex and engaging with with uh, sexuality. So you can understand, like, um, it's more people out here experiencing what you're experiencing than just you. And I think that that makes people feel normal. This is why on Twitter, I have a public discourse around sexual topics and like topics of intimacy and love because people get to see that individuals from around the world share the same sentiments. It's not just them. And I think that that's a really big help for people who think that it's impossible for them to move out of the situations that they're in. Um, Because some people really do feel hopeless and helpless because they're just like, well, it's never going to change. So whatever. And sometimes, you know, you're in, (laughs) unfortunately, you're in a loving relationship that's just not sexually compatible. Mm. And so when that happens, what do you do? There are options, but people are not willing to come out of their ego to access those options. Yeah, because even to the point like... um... A lot of people being in a sexist marriage, but not open to an open marriage or open to poly, you know, period. Because even to the point, like, even if we're talking to the dude, um, like, he's looking for someone to fuck his wife, you know, period. Because he knows that she's, you know, hypersexual and he's mm-hmm. open to it. But a lot of times these guys, they get stuck in the head because they're worried about she might get a bigger dick than me. <laughs> He might make her. I'm like, really, dude? You know what? I think men get so, they get way too hung up on the big dick thing because it's not how big the dick is. It's about the connection to the penis owner and how the dick is used. Mm. Women across the board, across the world, because I've done polls of this on on, um, Instagram and Twitter, Mm -hmm. across the board, the average woman is like, I'll take an average size. Because an average size, I don't have to brace for impact. I don't have to work it in. It's I can do more positions and different angles, and it's going to be fine. So that 5.5 to 6 inches is enough. It's all about how you use it. Now, you got size queens out there that like them 8 inch and above. Man, they be goddamn lying to the feet. Because soon they get a goddamn 10 inch, they talk about some, nah, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Listen. Give me, I want all the smoke. Give me that. Um, <laughs> I want all the smoke. I had girls got them looking at my 9.5 curve like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You thick. Listen, I want all the smoke. Give me that. You know, like, I always say this. I'm like, I'm an equal opportunity dick employer. You know, I, look. I, I I will not, a, a, a micro penis, I'm not going to uh, be penetrated by a micro penis, but there are other things we can do with that. Yeah. But from average all the way up to extra large schlong, I'm here for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah because it, even to me, because it, it, I tell people this all the time, because I had people ask me, it was like, you know, how is it that you're able to date somebody? Because even before I got in porn, if a girl was in porn, she was an escort or in a sex work trade, I was still dating. And they were like, well, why? You know, she's fucking up a dude. So I said, dude, 
a woman can give away that pussy. Let me take my glasses off so, you, so my smokers can understand this. A woman can give away that pussy a million times. She's not going to give away her heart and mind, but a few times. You want the heart and the mind. Fuck the pussy. Mm-hmm. Because once you got the heart and the mind, she ain't going nowhere. That's period. No you know? And then, too, also, I'm the kind of dude, I'm a freak. You know, I get turned on by watching somebody fuck my wife because I don't give a damn. If, if he make her toes curl in a way that I ain't, I'm like, okay, I'm learning. Okay, what he do? Exactly. What he do? But you know, See? that ego is crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but even with sometimes with women, they they ego with, with oh, what we call it. Yeah. Oh, see, <laughs> see that right there. We don't talk about that enough. We don't. Yeah. We do not talk about the female ego and how female ego plays a role in sex and mm-hmm. and um and how sex is viewed. Cause like I say this all the time, you know, people are getting more into tantra and stuff, and I'm like. Well, you do know that for men, Tantra is all about becoming mostly orgasmic, which means he's going to learn semen retention so he can separate the process of ejaculation from orgasm. That is... Ah, right? There you go. So then women have an ego around come too. You know, mm-hmm. we are all programmed by pornography to prioritize the come shot. And mm-hmm. so if she don't see that come, she takes it as a personal attack because she's mm-hmm. like, oh... That must mean my pussy was trash or the sex wasn't good or he didn't enjoy himself. Listen, I know my pussy's good, whether he comes or not. Because sometimes I don't want you to come. You better hold that. You better hold that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can so we can extend extend our time together. But um, so then the female ego then is bruised because she don't see the come. So if a man is really trying to become a tantric being, mm-hmm. like he won't be able to be in relationship with somebody whose ego is so rooted in seeing that come because come is not yeah. going to be a problem. I'm glad you said that because there's a search term called a ghost nut where he has an orgasm and a nut and nothing comes out. I, I actually had a dude. That's that called an orgasm. That's an orgasm. Yeah. So this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. This is the thing. The orgasm that men are the most used to is the ejaculatory orgasm that is directly connected to procreation. But male male bodies can have over 11 different types of orgasms. Mm-hmm. And that's without ejaculate. The other like, um, like 10 plus are without mm-hmm. ejaculation. And the thing is, this is your biological wiring. So the mm-hmm. body doesn't know the difference between you having sex for pleasure or for procreation in general with the biological wiring because it's just going to prepare to create another human every single time. That's what cum is about. But people treat seeds carrying precious DNA. People treat cum like like a sport. Like they like like they treat it like a accessory. You know? And I'm like, because you know cream pie is like a whole thing in porn. And I'm like, you do know that there's vital essence in that. Yeah. And, and that too, um, when it enters into the vagina, it changes the pH balance of the vaginal ecosystem. So it's nothing just to take lightly or to play around with. But yes, you call it a ghost orgasm, but it's just an orgasm. Yeah. It's yeah. just an orgasm, but it's, cause see the orgasm that is accompanied mm-hmm. with ejaculation is short and it's like yeah. a sneeze of the genitals. Now imagine, mm-hmm. If you were able to feel the energy 
um, and the pulsations of an orgasm without coming, and that orgasm can last three to five minutes. And I mean to tell you, I didn't have one of them. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, when the girl touched the back of my neck, orgasm. <laughs> that was my wife yeah. like, don't let them touch the back of your damn neck. Or even sometimes when I hug my wife, I just feel like uh, 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 because yep. it it the problem is us as men, we are trained and taught. We don't realize that you can have an orgasm without having sex. We don't even, we're not even trained to realize that foreplay begins before you get in the bedroom. Facts. That's for real. It could begin with a text. It could be with a conversation, you know, period. Uh, I tell people, like even with me, with a woman, my orgasm begins with the conversation because <laughs> I can't have sex with a woman that don't stimulate me mentally. Oh, that's you right. Know, period, because of conversation. You know, pretty. That's a turn on when we can sit and have a talk. Like right now, she turned me the fuck on with this conversation. So, but <laughs> so you are a sapiosexual. <laughs> yeah, and I tell anybody this: give me an eight with a brain, you can keep that dumbass dime. I'm good. <laughs> eight with a brain, keep the dumbass dime. I'm weak. Oh my gosh, but that's true though. <laughs> but I'm hearing more men profess that, and more men come forward with this, um, <clears throat> especially in this day and age where. Um, it's like promoted, like superficiality mm -hmm. and materialism is promoted at an all time high now. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of people, a lot of women specifically who are getting the weave and the nails and spending mm -hmm. all this money on makeup and clothes and BBLs and all this shit, but they're not working mm -hmm. on their heart and they're not working on their mind. And so mm -hmm. they wonder why they sitting over here looking like a bad bitch, but you still broken inside. You still can't. You know, you're not attracting the kind of people that you want to attract. And it's because you're not you're not working on your substance. Mm -hmm. So personally, you know, it's like yeah. I know I'm a very attractive person, not mm -hmm. just physically, but I have a pure heart and I know how to hold a conversation. And it's yeah. very crazy to me that. And, and I'm seeing this on Twitter because we're having a public discourse about this, too around the challenges, challenges of dating right now. And that tweet is almost at a million impressions mm. because so many people are saying that people can't hold a conversation and there's no consistency and people just be out here lying, showing them- Oh, 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 oh you, you know why, right? I'm why? gonna go grandma. We don't court anymore. We don't court anymore. This our courting. No. Yep. See, I don't, I don't know your age because you say you're 35. So you yep. a couple years behind me. You feel me? Because I'm 47. I'm old. We had to go to the club and have a conversation with a chick. Right. We had to ask her, her phone. We had to ask her, her name. We had to ask her to get on the dance floor. Would you like to get on the dance floor? We yep. bought her a drink. We had a conversation. You know, period. We got to know each other. We got to. Some of these motherfuckers don't even know the person's last name. At all. I, I Look, it really annoys me when I'm out, you know, and a guy will see me and be like, the first thing he asks for is my phone number. I'm like, hello, your name is? Oh, my name, Darnell. Okay, Darnell, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where you from? Like, I start a conversation, but you mm -hmm. want to jump right into a phone number. You don't know shit about me. I was like, 2023, I'm not giving out my phone number. 
period. You want to get my phone number if we've actually had some type of deeper engagement. And I'll say, like, there's one lover that I have where we we literally dated. Like, we dated for six months before we even had sex. And it was great because I was like, wow, I really like this. But people want to jump straight into sex, straight into Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill is for people who are in established relationships. Amen. Why are you jumping straight into coming to the crib to watch a movie? Like, look, when it was during the pandemic, I get it. But we're not living in the quarantine lockdown anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, but even before then, it was still that because you know hookup culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I I am a a lifestyler. I like to go to play parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's different than saying. But even, I, but even in play parties, you still got to woo the woman. Yes, you do. Men walking walk to the swinger party. Yeah, me and Walter Swing Apart, I pay 50. I'm automatically supposed to get the pussy. No, motherfucker, you actually got to talk to the lady. Nah, because you can't just roll up on me and think, because I'm very particular. Like, usually at these parties, I'm not really interacting with people that deep because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can feel the energy in the room. And I'm like, mm-mm, I'm uninterested. Yeah. So and if you're not willing to come up to me and have a conversation with me and talk to me, then we ain't doing nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just, we're living in a time where people don't want to work. They don't want to put in the work. And that's what I'm seeing too. In this thread, it's like a lot of people saying, I just don't want to, I don't have the energy. I don't want to put in the work. It's too much work. And really, it starts with self first. So what I hear mm-hmm. when I hear people saying, I don't want to do the work, I'm like, oh, so you don't want to work on yourself. Basically. That's really what it is. So to deflect and say it's about these other people not doing X, Y, and Z, it's like, well, what part of yourself do you still need to work on if that's the experience you're having right now? If you're only attracting people that are liars, then there is something in yourself that you're not being honest about. People, well, my boy, Kurt Hogan, he got something to do with the, it's your pussy which attracted them. <laughs> you gotta choose what type of pussy you got that's attracting these motherfuckers. And you know what, too? Sometimes, like, we're attracting people that are going through a healing process Mm -hmm. and they need what we have. Mm -hmm. And so it's not even about, um, it's, (laughs) that's just what it is. But people people misplace it, you know, Mm -hmm. just be like, how come I keep attracting this kind of person? When you are a higher conscious being, Mm -hmm. especially as a person who is very sexually aware and um, attached to the spiritual the spirituality in sex, mm-hmm. then you understand. Like, yeah. it's deeper than just, oh, let me get this nut off. It's literally this person is seeking a healing experience through sex because it is an energetic exchange. And like me as a tantric person, I understand that a lot of times people's attraction to me is really their souls calling out for healing in a way that they're not receiving from other sources. Mm-hmm. So I don't take offense to someone coming into my space who feels or sees or seems broken? Because I'm like, well, um, this person is coming for medicine. I have a remedy. So <laughs> do I do I want to uh you know play alchemist for this person right now mm-hmm. through the power of the pussy? Or do I just want to say good day to you, sir? <laughs> you know? It is what it is. I <laughs> I like her. 
I knew this was gonna be a great interview. God damn it! I knew <laughs> it's deep. It's deep with me. It's like you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's like let's just have our fun. But even in the midst of us having our fun, it is so deep for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not just. I don't yeah, know. Because I, I need more people. than. Because even with me, I need more than just you good looking, got a fat ass, and good pussy. Right. You know, period. Because I, I want the connection. I want the energy. Because right. a lot of people, I'm a very proponent of energy. And I always say, when, when, when women leads this. Women, let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 100. My mama taught me better than this. She knows who she's fucking when she walk in the door. It's just our job right. not to say something stupid to fuck it up. You know, period. Exactly. So dudes, you think you macking? No, they're the max. We, we receive the pussy. They give us the pussy. You feel we me? We choose. I, it's just, it's so funny to me because I say this all the time. I'm like, you know, you're very bold to come to me saying what you want to do to me. But if I haven't chose you, it's a violation. And you're going to get blocked. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't know you from Adam and you slide it in my weekend <laughs> talking about you want to fuck me, it's never going to happen, sir. I don't know who the fuck you are. I choose. And yeah. and I, I, I let them think that they're doing the choosing. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I bring you into my personal space, I, you're already on the list of a potential lover. And depending on how the conversation goes and the interactions go, will determine if you end up in my bed. Because it doesn't always end up like that where I choose someone and then we end up as sexual lovers. It doesn't. So um, I just always think that's funny. I'm like, okay, you thought (laughs) for the whole time, you don't even understand that I planned this out thoroughly without you even knowing. It's a beautiful beautiful dance. It really is. Yes, it is. (laughs) See, See, she just basically, one of my favorite songs is uh, Summer Walker and R.A. Lennox called Queen Space. Mm. She just basically did the song right there. <laughs> if anyone ever heard it, yes, I allowed you to come in. I allowed you to share my space. You know, period. Because that's why I said with a lot of these young heads, and they don't court, they don't talk to the woman. They automatically think that because I show up and I got a big dick, you're going to fuck me. No, you... You have to give her a reason to want to fuck you, dog. Exactly. And, and you know, sometimes... So there's a, a plethora of reasons why women have sex. Mm-hmm. It could be just for straight pleasure. It could be to um, reduce anxiety. It could be to blow off steam. It mm-hmm. could be just to feel stretched out. It could be, um, you know, to go to sleep. It could be sympathetic pussy that's being given, you know? Um, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's for money. Sometimes it's for opportunity. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's for revenge. I mean, there's so many reasons why, like the mo- with like so many motivations behind why sex is happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to know, it's important to know what it is. Yeah. Because you can feel that energy. <laughs> you can feel the energy. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you're in a sexual situation, mm-hmm. especially when you are a conscious person. Now, if you're not really that conscious and you just, you know, um, just primal base level 
then you mm -hmm. might not be that aware. You're just focusing on, I got to get to the nut like a machine, right? Yeah. But a person that is consciously entering into these experiences understands that it's always more than what meets the eye. And when you can mm -hmm. really, um, you know, tune into that, then sex becomes transformative and not just something to do. Yeah, because even with me, I'm a pleaser anyway. Maybe because I'm a tourist, I don't know. But <laughs> but it's it's I want her to enjoy the experience as much as me. I want her to orgasm just as much as me, if not more. Mm -hmm. You know, period. Part of that is reading the room, part of that is paying attention to her body. You know, because the biggest mistake men make, and this is the truth, we try to do the same trick with two different women. Right. Big mistake, fellas, because what might work for her, it may not work for the next chick. That's why you have to pay attention. Right. That's part of conversation. That's part of touching. That's part of the foreplay. People, you, yeah. dude, eating pussy, you don't realize how much you learn from eating pussy. I'm just saying. Listen. I'm just saying. It's, I like eating pussy because, like, I know how I would want my pussy ate, and so... Mm -hmm. I've never struck out with a woman who I've, you know, played with. And then also when I go into penetration and using toys on her, like, I know what areas to hit. I mean, because mm -hmm. I know my own vagina and I know the anatomy of the vagina. And so I can play around in there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, once you know, once you know the keys, then you know how mm -hmm. to apply it to different bodies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. but it's, it's one of those things where, um, and I see this, I see this a lot, uh, where I've been getting a lot of men who can come to me asking me about how to become better lovers because they, I guess they feel like they're just not there, right? They're not, mm -hmm. they're not delivering consistently. And it's a few simple things that can be done, but it's all about putting in the work. And for the most part, communicating and listening to what your partner is saying. Yes. I oh my god, I've literally experienced it where like, oh, this man's on autopilot. <laughs> you know, it's like he got a routine and he just sticks to that routine. Uh -huh. And if you throw him out of that, now his erection's gone because he don't know what to do outside of them five moves. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Get this man, please take this man. Because I think a lot of men don't know how to be good lovers. No. And see, and, and once again, it goes back to courting. See, yes. conversation teaches you a lot about the person. It teaches you, like my mama told me, she said, it's what they ain't saying is what they're saying. You have exactly. to pay attention to that. And she said, you should be able to know somebody within a five minute conversation. But because us as men now, and I'm hearing this from the man of spirit and all these men, these podcasters. Y'all don't know a woman if the motherfucker jumped on your face with her pussy. I'm so tired of these damn podcasts and these men who claim to be experts in some shit and they all sound like egotistical children. Like, are you kidding me? There's some good podcasts out there and some great mm -hmm. guys who are like saying amazing things that are like, like spot on. But there's a lot of them that have these bigger followings because they're just placating to ignorance. And I hate it with a passion. Like, yeah. like people, people really don't take the time to be intimate anymore. And, and what I mean by that is the vulnerability that comes with being actually seen and heard. 
Mm-hmm. And knowing that a person, and if that you can trust a person with the intimate inner knowings of yourself, mm-hmm. people don't even trust themselves. So how can they trust another person to hold that kind of space for them? Mm-hmm. And I've found myself recently like feeling very taken aback, but also aroused when lovers ask me certain questions like, mm-hmm. What's bringing you joy right now? Mm-hmm. You know, what made you smile this week? How can I support you right mm-hmm. now? Is there anything that I can do to help, to help, you know, whatever you're doing, insert thing, be easier for you? I'm like, wow, actually care? <laughs> like, yeah, you care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying not to judge it. But it feels sad that these things that get to be commonplace for us are not. Mm -hmm. And that when you find a person that is on that type of time, they Mm -hmm. seem rare and they seem like, you know, the the greatest thing on earth because they are expressing genuine care. It's like, God Mm -hmm. damn, how far have we fallen as a society where well you, you can hear it in the music oh my god don't get me started babe babe i come from jodeci yes he sweat marvin gay yeah get the, the oj's got they brandy yeah. come on come on you feel me when men was willing to be vulnerable man they was crying they was yeah. crying. begging me i'm begging baby i'm begging baby <laughs> Yeah. That's my favorite album, God dang it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's now nice. it's yeah, we gonna fuck this day the third, you know. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. bring you back out. Fucking <clears throat> listen to it. They only want top now. Yeah. They only want top and they wanna hang around their guys. And what's funny is I'm like, it's so funny to me how homosexuality, um, like there's a lot of internalized homophobia, but y'all out here fucking your boys. Just mm. say it. Just say mm. out here fucking your boys because you only want top from this woman. You don't want nothing else. It's because either you get in your you you in somebody's ass or somebody in your ass. Mm. And look, I'm for that. Look, mm-hmm. I'm I am queer, so I'm not mm. judging it. But it's a problem because front face, they're mm. they're professing to be straight, but you can hear it in the music. It's like no. Mm-hmm. Either they're bisexual or they're actually full on gay, but they are mm. just playing straight because mm. you see what I'm saying? Mm. Preach, sister, the preach. Deception. The, the, the deception is real. And that's also another thing that a lot of people on my Twitter are talking about right now. Again, being met with the representative mm-hmm. and not being met with the genuine person. Because people are so afraid of being judged or being canceled or being outed or whatever. But it's like, if you lay everything out on a the table, then a person's autonomy is not being stripped from them. But it's when you're not honest. Now it feels like betrayal. Now it feels like you stole something from a person because you didn't give them a choice. You basically, it's like, it's like coercion in, in a way. You didn't you didn't tell them all the things that were that were key factors. And now all of a sudden 
you're upset that they're upset at you. It's like you should have been honest because you cannot create a foundation of a relationship on deceit. It will be like dynamite that will make the whole fucking structure explode at some point. And you I'm sorry. If you give me head, I'm going to want to try the pussy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't. Any man that see talking say, yeah, I just won't talk. Yeah, so I'm going to look at you like you side. I'm going to look at you sideways, dog. Because if a girl give me good talk, she can give me bad talk. I'm going to want to taste the pussy at some point. I'm like, you know something? If That's the head the like this, let me see how the pussy is. You know, period. But I also think, too, it's because you hear these women. R&B artists, rappers, that's all they talk about. The top. I give yeah. my man good head. I give my man good head. And just and and sitting on faces and giving up and and making him eat her pussy, but not actually penetrating the pussy. Mm. That's that's being said by these by these female rappers too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh no, nah, you can't feel it. You can only give me top. Yeah. You know, oh, dog, I was feeling you, the nigga, a munch. Like, ain't nothing wrong with being a munch. And there's nothing wrong with, like, having an oral fixation and allowing, you know, oral to be a standalone sex act in itself. Mm -hmm. But this is where we're at now. It's all about oral and and, and no penetration. Because it's not about pleasing our mate. It's about pleasing our ego. And also, think about this. With penetration, there is a greater level of energetic exchange. So really mm. what I'm hearing is that people don't want to be deeply connected to these individuals, but they still want to feel pleasure. So they would mm. rather it be oral, where the focus is primarily on the clitoris or, mm. you know, of course, like mouth to penis mm. versus vaginal or anal penetration, which, um, you know, tends to carry a, a deeper charge. And so it's mm. like... Okay, so if you don't want to connect with that person deep like that, that is your prerogative. And mm-hmm. it also places into question um, why. Why are mm-hmm. you doing any type of sexual act with this person if you're trying to police how deeply you connect with them? And two, I feel this too. It speaks to the person of how they feel about themselves. That right. I'm not worth the full, the go to full throttle for. And and again, I'm not saying that anything is wrong with just having oral sex because it's still sex, it's still a connection, it still feels good, it still, it's still intimate mm-hmm. and all of that, you know, because we do live in a society where sex is very penis centric or penetrative centric, um, mm-hmm. uh, penis and vagina centric. Mm-hmm. And so, I am in the business of helping helping people expand their ideas outside of that for what sex mm-hmm. could look like. But when we're speaking about the music, it's yeah. like the intention behind that is not that. It's it's mm. it feels like what we have been talking about, just how there's like a disassociation or a disconnection. Mm-hmm. Like people was making love back then. Now everybody yeah. was just fucking and sucking Mm -hmm. and it's like what happened yeah what happened i i I think part of it with technology because like i said we didn't have this we didn't have these 
That means yeah. when I went out to dinner with you, we had to talk because there was no cell phone. You know, period. At the end of the day, I'm sorry if I go on to dinner with you and you're on the cell phone the whole time. I'm getting up walking out. I'm like, you ain't worth my time because you, because you don't think I'm important enough to have a conversation with. And whatever's in that phone is gonna be there later. Like I've literally yeah, gotten to the habit of when I walk into a date, I just tuck my phone in my purse and I don't take it out. And like I gotta watch for a reason. So if I want to see the time, you know, yeah. and it's an Apple Watch. So if there is something important like an email or something that comes through, it's going to come through on my phone mm -hmm. and I'm going to see it and I can just read it from here and it won't be as disruptive as mm -hmm. taking out my phone and going like this. Yeah. So quick little check on the watch, put it away and I'm back engaged with that person because I'll tell you what did it for me. It was me being out with my family members, my mom and my dad and my sister. Mm -hmm. um, when I first like really started building my social media presence and it was mm -hmm. me being on the phone in moments where we were supposed to be bonding as a family, where they would get mm -hmm. frustrated with me. It's just like, can you just put that phone down for a minute? And so after seeing how it was impacting my, my family, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to be more present and put my phone away and live life instead of trying to document it or instead of trying to like see what's happening on Twitter right now. It's like, mm -hmm. she will be there. Once you're done, you spending two, three hours with your family, spend those two, three hours, and then you can go back to Twitter later. See, Denzel Washington said the best. I saw it on uh, Instagram. He said, we don't want to admit we're addicted yeah. to our phone. It's a we're dopamine addicted. rush. Yeah. It's a, and there are scientific studies that have been done about this. It's like every time we hear that ding or we hear a buzz, it's literally giving us- Pavlov's dog. Pavlov's dog, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yo, like, it's, it's ridiculous, and so, like, I'm to the point where I just want to automate my social media and only be responsible for going on and responding to comments because I want to live my life without feeling attached to social media, and when you have a brand that is rooted in social media and yeah. and on on the internet it can be a little difficult but when you get to the point where you can hire people to do that kind of stuff then you you put it in their hands and you save time you buy time so i'm um you know i don't i don't know how things are going to go with human interaction as ai continues to develop and take over certain things Woo! um but this is why jobs. I can't hold up for no two to three hours because, girl, we, we could talk for about four hours out of this piece. You talk <laughs> about AI and the Oculus and all that. And it, girl. <laughs> this is why my job is important because, like, right now, people are suffering from touch deprivation. Yes. The three years of us being in the pandemic where we had to physically distance from each other has us fucked up right now as a society. Think about how many motherfuckers got divorced during the pandemic and you ain't home together. That was, see, see, look, see, look, people didn't even realize that they had nothing in common, that they had spent years with a person 
and they really were not together on the same page. So when they were in the house together and they had to spend time with each other without having to go to the office here, go to this event here, when they were together, it was like, oh shit, you really not the person that I thought that you were. This really is not what it is. And they had to get the fuck out of it. They did. And then unfortunately though, for some people, it, you know, catapulted them back into the dating scene after so many years of not being in it. And it is 100% different. Different. Yes, Lord. I, oh. I, I ain't even gonna lie. I, I, I'm glad that I'm married. I don't want to get back in the dating scene. You know, I'm in the open. Stay married. I mean, I'm in the open marriage. And Polly, I still don't. No, no, no. That, yeah. yo, you you said a word right there because I have friends that are like, you know, they're Polly too, and they. So one group of my friends, like they play and they got other partners and stuff mm -hmm. like that, um, mostly for play. But they yeah. haven't like brought anybody else in as like a girlfriend or another boyfriend. Yeah. Cause they're just like it's crazy out here. And then they have other friends who are poly or like sexual opportunists, and yeah. they spend the majority of their time with their primary because yeah. it's crazy out here. And then yeah. especially if you are um, an adult film star or a sex worker, yeah. you know, a person that has a personality, yeah. it's not easy. To know if somebody wants to know you for you or if they just want to know you for your clout. That part. And that that's that's like one of my things. I'm just like, I, ugh, I can't do the dating apps. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't look. do the dating apps. I wouldn't no, no. Me, I, I would have to go to the Carolina L house and buy a lady a drink and we have a fucking conversation. That's how I would want to do it. I don't want to trend it. I don't want to sit here and talk to you on Twitter. No. Because, <laughs> because see, that's the other thing. I learned so much from you on your profile, which makes me think I know you. No, I don't right. know you. I just know I what you're telling me, what I should know, not what I need to know. Exactly. And that's where people have the game fucked up because it's like, this profile is a snapshot. This is not a full screening of this person. And they're only going to put up the good stuff. Yeah. Some people, though, they so goofy that <laughs> the stuff that they put up on their profile outs them as somebody to not be trusted. And I'm mm -hmm. like, thank you for putting your red flags up right away. But people assume that they know things about me just because I'm very vocal on the internet. But I'm like, but I'm very vocal based on my job. So yeah. a lot of what you see is going to be sexually based or spiritually based mm -hmm. um, or like production based. Mm -hmm. And but that's not the full gambit of who I am. Like you have oh. to really be with me, have conversation with me, spend time with me to get to know me. Like we can start a conversation on the Internet. But eventually, if we are having a vibe, because that's how I screen people, if we can yeah. have a conversation through text on, you know, in the DMs, then I'll slide you my number, mm -hmm. you know? But if we can't even have a conversation and you asking for my phone number, you got the game twisted. Yeah. So, can't you put know, the car the horse. you cannot, but they be trying. <laughs> and, and every single last guy that slides into my DM or swipes right on me on an app thinks that he's perfect for me. Mm -hmm. All because he sees a face, a nice body, and mm -hmm. a profile that looks like I'm approachable. But it's like, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more. 
To yeah. me, that meets the eye. I'm most of the time not in, on your level, not in your league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that me? Yes. <laughs> the hell? Hold on one second. Oh, that's my daughter. Hold on. Uh, let me tell my daughter. And let me call you back, babe. I'm in the middle of recording. I'm going to call you right back. Yeah, that's my that's my baby girl I done reconnected with. <laughs> um, I'm going to call you back, babe. I'm, I'm in the middle of a show. Okay. Love you. Oh. Yeah, that's my baby girl reconnected with and everything. So, hell yes. So right there, that that's a great stopping point right there. Cause I didn't help this this business lady up, and <laughs> as y'all hear, we have a lot. I got to bring her back because we, we it's a lot we ain't touched on. We we yes, ain't guys a lot we ain't touched on, baby. We we hey. just scratched the surface in an hour and thirty minutes, but like we could be talking yeah. for hours about this I'm stuff. Saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I, I I see I see now me and her gonna become good friends. I see that now. <laughs> because cause because I, I like her mind, you know. I I I love an alpha female that's smart. That that's my weakness in life. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> like weak women. I can't stand them. You keep my mama wasn't a weak woman. So why would I want one in my life? That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Especially I love me a strong black one too. Like her. Yes. My so, my parents raised me right. Okay. Yes, I see. They how tall are you, babe? Five ten and a half. Five ten. Are we the same height? Yup. I am a stallion, as they mm. say. Yes, you are a stallion. You gorgeous. <laughs> I didn't see the pics. Listen, people be shook when they see me in real life because you know, Instagram and Twitter, they put you in a small box. Yeah. Mm. And they see me in real life, and they realize that I am really tall with body yeah. <laughs> and energy. So they just be like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I like that. I find that sexy. So with that being said, baby girl, like I do all my guests, because I got to bring you back, can I call you a smoke buddy? Yeah, I'm going to smoke weed, though. Oh, yeah, definitely we won't. I, I just didn't have no weed today. That's why I'm smoking cigarettes. So people, y'all heard it. And y'all know what it is. She will be back here on the Smokers Lounge. And I might, might for my subscribers, bring her on the Premium Smoke Room. Y'all know how that works. The best smoke is always premium. We talking about five premium podcasts for you to enjoy. More uncensored, more unpredictable, more wilder. A titty might pop out. A popsicle might pop in the mouth. You don't know unless you subscribe because what happens in the premium smoke room stays in the premium smoke room unless you pay that $4.99 a month. So with that being said, tell everybody where they can find you, gorgeous. You can find me on Instagram at RealGlamazonTayomi, on Twitter at GlamazonTayomi. If you are a woman and you want to learn how to ride, come join my online tribe at TheCowGirlWorkout.com. And you can find me on YouTube, Glamerotica101, and free sex advice at Glamerotica101.com. You can actually catch me at the Exotica Expo Chicago, uh, April 21st through the 23rd. Damn, that bitch on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) It's about to be lit, so uh, it's also our 50th show anniversary, so it's going to be a big one. 
and I will be hosting a play party as well in celebration of our 50th. So, you know, come out, meet me, have a great time, and maybe we'll get to play together after the show. All I got to say, I just want a hug. I'll be happy with a hug. I give great hugs. Oh, I, I believe you just look so cuddly. I can just cuddle with you all day. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, we're at the end of another great episode. You know how we end these things all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience if you haven't learned anything? Smoke this over. Say goodbye to everyone, Tyone. See you later, y'all. Happy smoking, smokers. <laughs>